Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. The rest of us will continue in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 21. And I find this interesting because all of the things that Paul has talked about thus far, he kind of he's continuing to drive home the importance of doing that which is right in the sight of God. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. If you're in the Red Bibles, it's eight or 989. And we're just going to read that and we're going to delve into it a little bit. Starting in verse 23, excuse me, not 21, 23. It says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no question for the sake of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If any of you, if, if any of those who do not believe invite you to a feast, and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for the sake of conscience. But if anyone says to you, this, is offered, this was offered in sacrifice to idols, do not eat it for the sake of him that mentioned it, that he, and for the sake of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. <clears throat> conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? Let's stop there for a moment. <clears throat> now, he has gone on in this book thus far in context text talking about the rights of an apostle, warnings against idolatry. And he had said at one point that the idols are just... <clears throat> basically just objects. We talked at length about that last week. The meat that's offered is just meat. It doesn't mean anything. But then he goes on and he says in this section <clears throat> that if it's mentioned to you that it was sacrificed to idols, don't eat it for the sake of the other person. It's not about we're in danger because as Christians, we believe the earth is the Lord's and everything's in it and everything that's in it. So in other words, the animals that are killed, if we don't know where it comes from, Paul says, go ahead and eat it. But if they tell you it's from an idol, don't eat it. Why? For the other person. Because there's this thing that happens when we try to identify with people. If we know that it's coming from a wrong place, we don't want to send the wrong message. And what, I, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying when I say that is 
We don't want people to think that it's okay to sacrifice to idols if they tell us this came from, from, from an offering to an idol. Because then what that is saying then to that person is, well, he's a follower of Christ, so that must be okay for me to sacrifice to idols because he's eating it. But if we don't know, we don't know. And so there's so many things we can discuss about those kinds of things. Today's day and age, you know, we have, we have all these opportunities for idol worship. But in, in, in context of today, for an example, let's just say that somebody goes to a bar and drinks and they want you to go with them. And they want you to sit there and they want you to, you know, have a beer with them. I am not saying here today that you shouldn't go to a bar if, if, you, uh, if God is calling you to, to minister to that person in the bar. That's one thing. But if you struggled with it in the past, don't set foot in the bar. If you struggled with alcoholism, don't set foot in the bar. But if God is calling you, because there is ministry, there is ministry that God does for people to go into the bar and minister to people. There is a ministry for that. But understand that if you're going just to go, because one thing that we have to, we have to reconcile within ourselves is, is the scripture that Paul said, I, am, I have become all things to all people. So what does that mean? Does that mean that I can go and get drunk because I'm ministering to a drunk? Because I'm all things to all people? No. That's not what that is saying at all. We are to identify with them. And the way I do this, I've never drank at all in my life. But I know what the effects of alcoholism does to a person because I watched my father get whittled down to nothing because of alcoholism. And I can, I can identify with that person for reasons of getting drunk, for reasons of effects of drunkenness. I can identify because I've lived it myself. So that is what it means when it says, be all things to all people. Find common ground and identify. If I'm trying to help someone quit smoking, I know what smoking can do. Smoking can cause cancer. It can cause heart problems. It can, I have a brother who is dealing with heart conditions now because of smoking. So I know what smoking will do. I can identify and I can, I can become that for that person in the Lord, right? doesn't mean I have to grab and smoke three, 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 three packs a day to identify with somebody. I know the effects of it. I know, I, and I can understand why somebody would smoke. I have family members that used to smoke when they had anxiety. I have a brother who has not smoked in a long time, but whenever he lost a job, he'd start smoking again because that was his way of medicating his anxiety. 
So I can understand reasons why someone would and the, and the, and the reasons of, of what happens when someone doesn't stop. So that's all things to all people, right? And Paul is saying here that identify with them, eat with them. If they don't tell you where the stuff comes from, because you don't know and they're not telling you, so it's fine. In us, in our conscience, and in our, in our um, life in the Lord, we understand that the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. So eating, so in other words, eating a cow is not bad. We do it every day, or at least every other day, right? Whoever eats, who eats hamburgers, I do, right? Cows are okay. Pigs are okay. You eat bacon? You like bacon? Pigs are okay. Cluck clucks are okay. Like KFC? I do. I love KFC. I wish we had one around here. They're all right. So everything's good. But if somebody was to say, that chicken was offered to an idol, then you don't eat it. Because that would say to them that they're a Christian and, they, and, I, and, and, I, and idol worship is okay to that person and to that person's God when it isn't. So that's the difference, right? He says, he says, um, verse 29, Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? So somebody would say, this is where the atheist would say that's a contradictory statement in the scripture, right? Because he's telling them to not eat, not eat idols, food ordered, given to idols. But he's also saying, why is his conscience judged by another man's conscience? In other words, so they're saying, well, there's a contradictory there. What Paul is saying is that we're not judged by man, we're judged by God. And the, and the guideline here is to understand that if they mention that it's an idol thing from an idol, don't eat it because the judgment will come from God if we make them go astray. So it's not our conscience, it's their conscience, right? They'll think it's okay if to, to continue to sacrifice to idols. <clears throat> If I, part, if I partake, next verse, with thankfulness, why am I, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Give no offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, just as I try to please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Now, that's why we say, that's why he says, don't eat it if they tell you it's sacrificed idols. Don't eat it if they say it's sacrificed idols. Don't do that. Because will they, become, will they become Christians? Will they get saved? Probably not. Or probably take a long time because of the confusion and the, and the, the turmoil in their own thinking. Not saying they wouldn't get saved because we don't know. But 
the turmoil, the conscience, the thinking, all that would cause, the confusion that would cause for someone who went ahead and had something that was sacrificed to an idol knowingly, what it would cause the other person. Do all things, give, give, give the glory of God to all things. So, when we are out in public, when we go to the restaurant or in the home, and we do this quite often, when we have kids over for, well, Justin has a friend over once in a while, Zeke has yet to do that, but Justin does. When we have dinner, we pray. We give thanks to God for it. We give glory to God for the food. That's a witness. When we're in the restaurant as a family, we give glory to God for the food. That's a witness to those around us. When we go to the missions banquet, that's coming up pretty soon here, about, about a month, right? We give glory to God for the food. Not, not to mention all the conversations about what God's doing in other countries. But that is to have a, be a witness to those around us. That's important. Give glory to God for everything. The food. If this person in this, that he's talking, if this mentality of the person in Scripture here doesn't understand where it came from or doesn't know where it came from, the food, we still pray over it. Still thank God for it. Why? Because it's giving us sustenance. It's giving us uh, benefits from eating it. Protein and vitamins and minerals and all those things. So we ask God for, we praise God for it and we ask God for, for God to bless it to our bodies. Now, <clears throat> with thankfulness, he says, um, and that he says, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Now, we are at times, I've never had anybody get upset with me, but I've had looks in a restaurant when we pray over the food, right? People look at you like, what are they doing? Because usually we're not very quiet about it. We don't stand up on our soapboxes and go, okay, everybody bow your heads for your food. We don't do that. But we, we, do, we do pray over our food. And I've had, th I've had looks before, like, what is this guy doing in the middle of the road? This is a private thing. Because you know, prayer, prayer is a private thing to a lot of people. So why is this person doing it in public? But we're doing it to glorify God. We do it to glorify God. So we do get slandered every once in a while, but it's for the glory of God, amen? He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Eat or drink or whatever you do. So this is everything. Eat or drink or whatever you do. That means food, drinking, uh, whatever you drink, liquid, whatever liquid you want, just insert liquid in there. Whether you're working a job, whether you are raising a family, whether you are a sounding board for your children or your grandchildren, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. 
Do it for the glory of God. Don't do it for accolades. Because Jesus said if they fast, remember he said in the Gospels, he said if they fast and they, and they do it to, so people can see them, they have their reward. So do it not for accolades, but do it for the glory of God. Everything that you do. Everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. When I worked my, my job that I had up in Kankakee at the, I worked up at the Lowe's store for nine years. My last job I had there, well, next to last job, was a janitor. I worked as a janitor. I was a toilet cleaner and sweeper and whatever they needed. Cart, cart getter and loader and whatever they needed. I did it for the glory of God. I did it for the glory of God. I remember one time I was in there early morning. I'd get there at 5.55 every morning, punch in, get my stuff going. And nobody was really there yet, and I was cleaning the toilets. And I thought I was by myself, and I, and I just, you know, you ever get up in the morning and you have this, like, like a song in your head, and you don't know how to get rid of it? Well, I would always have, because I always listen to gospel music, you know, Christian gospel music. I always listen to that stuff. I don't, I listen to it now, but I listen to other music too now. But predominantly, I will have a Christian hymn going through my head a lot. And so that one morning, I had what a day that will be going through my head. And so I was there. I remember I was over the, I was over the toilet, just like this, doing this. And I was singing, Oh, what a day that will be. And I was just saying, and it was echoing. The, the acoustics in a cinder block bathroom were just amazing. So I was, I, it sounded so good, as horrible as my voice is. It sounded so good in there. <coughs> and all of a sudden, the um, HR woman comes and opens the door and goes, who's singing in here? I can hear you all the way out in the hallway. I'm like, well, I, I'm sorry I didn't know that, you know. But I was singing and, and, and I said, well, I'm sorry if you had to run out of the room or whatever. She goes, well, it sounded pretty good to me. Well, you know, that was, that was the Lord. But I did all that for the glory of God. I did that for the, I did what I did to honor God. God honored me by allowing me to keep my job. And with the hours that I wanted, I was able to go in and just tell them what I wanted for hours. And... They allowed me to do that, but I had to go down from a high, paying, a, high, a high position to a low position to do it, and I was happy to do it because it was to honor God, and I took that and honored God with it. So it was a wonderful thing. So when we do things, let's think about this for a moment. When we do things, cleaning toilets and cleaning bathrooms, it wasn't the most... Um, thrilling job it wasn't the most sanitary job it wasn't the most fulfilling job in and of itself but it was important to the Lord and so I did it so when we do things like that I want us to think about the things we do and what do we do it for what do we do the things we do for you know Jim and Sandy help out a lot of people. They're a, a force for God. Joanne is doing a lot for the communities in which is around here. You know, 
Ruth gets gets the advantage of Sandy coming in and helping her and being an encouragement to Sandy as well as Sandy being an encouragement to her. And Ralph also goes out and does things from time to time. And why why do we do those things? What is our what is our motivation? That will tell you where your heart is. What's your motivation for helping out with grief share or taking people to the food pantries or getting up in the morning and going to do your jobs or going to coffee or whatever? What is your motivation for that? Is it because you want to honor God and bless others and be an encouragement? And if that's what it is, then praise God. Keep doing it. But if there's something more there, Whereas to say, I want to be, I want to be noticed, then maybe we need to ask God for a little bit of assistance in our understanding of what we're supposed to be doing. Because it's important that we do everything to honor God. He says, give no offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, just as I try to please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of the many, that they may follow, that, that they may be saved. So Paul is saying he's doing all of these things not for his own gain. I mean, if you look at his life, I mean, look at the missionary journeys and all the, and all the things he had to endure in the missionary journeys. Bitten by snakes, shipwrecked three times, stoned. All the things he had to endure on his three missionary journeys. And he says, I do it all not for my own personal gain, but for the others that they, that, that they may be saved. So why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? That's a question we have to answer. Paul says he does it for not his own gain, not his own profit, but the profit of many. So why do we do what we do? You know? If we are working in a job and our, our goal is to be in upper management, what's the, motiv what's the motivation for that? Is it, is it for, the for the profit of the many or the profit of one? Okay. Now, understand, I'm not saying that being high, having a high-paid job is a bad thing. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is God may bless you with a high-paying job or, or whatever the case you're, you're asking for. Let's not squander that. Let's use it for the glory of God. Amen? Not for the profit of the one, but the profit of the many. How many people, that's what I always think about. That's what I always think about, you know, when, when we look at organizations like um, Google or places that have a lot of reach. Not necessarily Google, but I mean, places like that. Think about how many people could be affected by a Christian message if God allowed someone to have an organization where people would flock to it. 
just because it was honoring God. The churches today, unfortunately, a lot of them are shrinking. The technology area era is good to a point, but it pulls people away from the church. And that's a sad thing. There's a lot of things changing since 2020. And it's unfortunate. Gone are the days of the community get-togethers. Gone are the days of the, the sitting around for like the pork roasts and all those kinds of things. And they don't do that very often. They started doing it again in Sheldon, but they're doing those kinds of things kind of sparsely now. But gone are those days where people got together face to face and had a conversation. That doesn't happen very often. These things here are wrecking our society. They're good to a point. Are they bad? No, not in and of themselves. People need to get a hold of us. What makes them bad is what we do with them, you see? So that's what he's saying about the sacrifice and idols and all that stuff. It is not in itself bad, but it's what we do with it. Same with if we have an influential position or if we do well at work or we're out in the community. That in and of itself, having that notoriety is not bad. It's what we do with it. It's what we do with it. Are we going to use it for the glory of God? Or are we going to use it for, for the one, for us, for me, for you? To say, look at me. I have this. I just got a position. Well, I was thrust into a position of managing a radio station, an actual radio station, not an online thing, an actual radio station. Now, if the pastor that talked to me about it is watching this, it is not a, it is not a begrudgingly thing to do this. It's not. It's, it's something I've been wanting to do. But if I were to say, hey, Look at me. I manage a radio station, and it's a Christian radio station. And oh my goodness, we're going to do a whole lot. And I'm so, I'm so good that they chose me. They came to me because I'm that good. What is that? What's that say about me? That doesn't say anything good about me. I'm not doing it for the glory of God then, am I? I'm doing it for the glory of, oh, look at how great I am. In reality, a lot of what I know, I've had to trial and error. So I'm not really that good. I just got blessed a lot, right? And I was able to retain what, I, what the Lord showed me. So I'm not that good. I'm not that great. I'm just blessed. And that's the mentality that we have to have of ourselves. We're not that great. We're just blessed. Because if we think about, boy, look how good I am. You know, I, I, hate, I hate to pick on people, but I'll pick on Joanne if I can pick on you. Is that all right? 
Look at me, I'm running grief share, I work at Angel's Closet, I do this, I set up the, this, I do this, I do this. Look at me. What would that say about Joanne? What's she in it for? She's in it for, for the glory of God, we know that. But if the attitude was different, what would that say? She's in it for herself. But she's not, we know she's not, and we know you're not in it for yourself. It's just an example. But, 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 but this is what happens when we have the mentality of God blessing us and then we let it go to our head. And we say, look how great I am. I'm so great that God chose me. God chose a lot of people. And God says in his word that he, he, cho he, he, he chooses the weak to confound the wise. So that doesn't say nothing good about us. He says we're weak. And when we realize that we're weak and we allow God to do something with us, there's no reason to boast. So I say all of this, all of this to say that Paul is saying here that what, we, what he did and what we do should be the, for the profit of the many, not for the profit, profit of the one. Amen? Not that we get accolades, but for the idea that they might come to know Jesus. I put a bunch of cards in all of the boxes yesterday, one card in each box, right? Not to say, look how well I've done for myself, I'm pastoring a church and we're doing well. And No, not for that. Each and every person that was there, each and every family that was there, needs Christ that they might be saved. That they might be saved. Not about me, it's about them. Paul is saying he did all this stuff because it wasn't about him, it was about them. That's the mentality that the church has to have. It's not about us, it's about them. My relationship with God is not about me, it's about who I affect. Right? about who I can affect in this life as I'm walking through it with God. The good and the bad. My bad days, my good days. If I can walk through it with God and have a positive effect, that's what it's all about. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's supposed to be our mentality. Brenda's got a whole month of off, right? You could do a lot of ministry in a month. Find something to do. Go to Walmart. Just walk around. Just listen to people. And then start praying. Don't have to know their names. I'm not saying, this is just an idea. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying go up to people and say, do you know Jesus? No. There was a lady that did that one time at Walmart and Big R and when I worked there. And they ended up, that, they ended up kicking her out because these people were complaining about her. But, what I'm saying is if you go to the store, anybody, not just Brenda, and you walk around, just, just kind of take a note on what people are saying and what they're talking about and attitudes and just start praying for those people quietly. Pray that God would minister to them. He would meet their need and he'd some way he would, they would, he would reveal himself to them. And then pray for an opportunity. And if God grants you all of that, 
Then you go up to them and say, I know Jesus and this, here's where I go to church and this is what Jesus has done for me and he can do the same for you. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's a difference in there. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for them. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Because I hope it does. But that's our attitude. That should be the, the, the church's attitude. Not just this one, but the church as a whole. That should be their attitudes, our attitudes, right? It's not about us. It's not about our building. It's not about how nice it looks or how bad it looks. It's not about a building anyway. The church is you and I. This is just where we choose to meet. And God shows up and meets us here. But he can meet us anywhere. He can meet us at Walmart. He can meet us at the, store, the grocery store. He can meet us at the lumber yard, the coffee shop, the restaurant. We're the church, not the building. Amen? And we do all things for the profit of the many, not for the profit of the one. He ends up, well, the first verse of chapter 11 is the ending of this, but it's the first verse of chapter 11. It says, follow me as I follow Christ. So he's telling the Corinthians, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, people have to have a relationship with you in order for them to trust you as you say, in a sense, with your life, follow me as I follow Christ. They have to trust you and have to have a relationship with you in order to embark on that journey with you. So a lot of this Christian walk is building relationships that are centered in Christ. Like I said before, for the profit of the many, not for the profit of the one. So what I want us to do this week is I want us to pray for opportunity to share. Many of us are in positions to do that. Joanne's in a great position, helping out with grief share, helping out with Angel's Closet, going to, you probably, I'm sure you go to the local restaurants and things at times. Those are opportunities, and those are things that we can build relationships with people. And we can affect lives. And I want us to find a way to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying go out and spend money to build relationships. But I'm just saying just pay attention to the surroundings around you. And pray and ask God for the opportunity to present itself. And then be open to it. Right? Be open to it. How many people here are not a people person? Show of hands. Eh, I kind of figured you'd be in the eh camp. Yeah, yeah, but those are things, that, that, that's what you should pray through first. God, make me a people person. You know, I, I've said this before from here, I think, but when I was in high school, I had to give oral, oral book reports. And I literally was like this. And I didn't move. 
And I about broke the music stand because I was so tight up against it. I couldn't talk. Nothing. Even as a, even as a Christian. I remember Pastor Steffi told me one time, he had to go on vacation. He was going on vacation. He goes, you're covering the Wednesday night service. I'm like, what? You're covering the Wednesday night service. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, you are. You're covering it. I'm like, oh, I've never done that. I'm not credentialed. I don't have a, you don't need to. Just get up here and do the study. I'm like, okay. So I stood up there and it was an hour and a half Bible study. Were, 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 were you there that, that night? It was quick study because I didn't know how to talk right yet and I was nervous and I stuttered. I still do, but I stuttered, right? And it was, in, it was interesting because it was like one of those things, I'm scared. I still get nervous now, but not as bad. Not as bad. But that's something God had to work with me through. So that is the first thing you need to pray for. If you're eh or nope, pray that God gives you the opportunity and the ability to do that, to speak. And when he does, say, okay, God, I can speak in front of people now. Or I can feel confident anyway. Give me an opportunity. So that's what I want you to do this week. Amen? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Pray that you'd be with us and minister to us by your spirit. Give us an opportunity to, to have, Lord, good relationships with people. Give those of us that are eh, about speaking and speaking to people, being a people person. Lord, give us the, the ability to speak about you, not in a boastful way, but in a surrendered way to others. Lord, minister to those that we would speak to. And Lord, guide us in our uh, lives for opportunity for that. And Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one that's here. Give them all strength. Give them all health. Thank you for the things you've done in our lives. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to do them. And Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.